Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and with me today is Mr. Paul Eastwood. Hey, how you doing, Paul? I am good. Excellent. This is a podcast of Compass Point Bible Church, if you didn't already know that. And today we are wrapping up our series uh, called Advent Conspiracy. These last right. four weeks of Advent, it's kind of this thing that comes every year on the church calendar, um, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but this last Sunday, yesterday, Paul, you preached about loving all. It's kind of this fourth tenet, um, worshipfully, spend less, give more, love all. Do you want to give us a little recap before we dig in? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, the, I guess the big picture would be that, um, that, that, you know, we don't need to be reminded to love people at Christmas. It's kind of the thing we do. Hmm. What we need to be reminded of is to love all, to open our, our, um, sort of our, our love lens to include more people. Hmm. And, and I think that's the thing that, that we tried to get at was really about loving the marginalized, the poor, the broken, um, the sick, the hurting. Because when we look back at the story of Christmas, we see Jesus entering into the world to, into very low circumstances. And not only low circumstances, it, he's also seen entering into the world and his the announcement of his birth is given to outsiders and outcasts. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that would be the shepherds and the wise men who are the people who, who receive this news for the first time. And they're people that are on the outside. They're not the religious elite or the cleaned up or, you know, whatever. And so the picture, the story of Jesus' birth actually gives us a clue to the way that we should be loving the people around us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was really what we were talking about on Sunday is just expanding our lens, our love lens to include more people. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. And you had a, a number of really poignant, for me at least, really poignant points. You talked about this idea that Christmas is both an event and a reminder. Right. Um, it's both something that, you know, we look forward to celebrating and something that comes every year and should be drawing out something in us. Can you, can you dig in a little more there? How do, how do we, how, what does that look like? How do we practice that well? Well, I, I would say, I would just, you know, and I've said right from the very beginning that the, the, the story of Christmas is a story that we enter into because mm. the story of Christmas doesn't end um, when the wise men go home and Jesus with his parents go back to their house and he gets, you know, he, the story of Christmas actually extends. It's part of God's master plan, this big story of the world that's that's unfolding. And so the, the, there is a moment, mm-hmm. it's almost, you know, there's this moment where, where Jesus comes into the world, who he comes to make things right. He is born into our world. He takes on guts and flesh and skin and bones and it actually enters into our world, our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's so powerful about this is that this story continues. So, you know, for me, uh, I remember uh, I was out at uh, Arrow, which was a leadership course, and I did this for years and um, over a span of years. And I, I absolutely loved coming home from those experiences because you get there and they had these world-class instructors that would be flown in and they would instruct you and teach you on different things, different techniques, different, you know, parts about leadership, but also about spiritual development and all these different things. And when I left there on the plane coming back uh, into uh, our neighborhood here, I I just couldn't wait to put into practice what I learned. Mm. It was almost like I had this experience. It was a moment. It was a time and a place. But then when I left, it just, it reverberated. There was something that just, I couldn't help but say, I I can't wait to try this out. I want to see what this looks like. I'm going to put this into practice. That's what the Christmas story is all about. The Christmas story is, an, is a moment, but it's also a reminder of, of something that needs to change us. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's, it's, you know, every Sunday we get together to be reminded that God is great. Yeah. And, and we need that weekly reminder because we have a tendency to stray. Yeah. 
So annually, we also get this reminder of God's incredible love. Mm-hmm. And for us, this rhythm is really important to us as followers of Jesus. Beyond you know all the Christmas decorations and everything else that's going on, it's a reminder that you should be living differently because Jesus is in your life. Mm-hmm. And so for, for me, it's this idea of we hear the story and it reminds us of something so powerful that we can't wait to put it into practice yeah. when we uh, you know get into January, the next, yeah. Yeah, so, so let me ask, I mean, I think what you've said there is really important and really um, countercultural in some ways. Uh, all the all the stats these days would point to people coming to church less and less, um, <clears throat> and I think it's easy to feel, uh, you know, I don't want to fall into just the same old religious routines, um, which which maybe it applies to some of these Christmas things that we do. You know, reading of the Christmas story. Well, we all know the Christmas story. Do we really need to read it on Christmas morning? Mm-hmm. Um, but but how is it that this reminder? Like, how do we move these things from? from routines um, and and empty routines to being like crucial things that we practice, coming to church regularly. This is mm-hmm. something we've talked about a lot as a staff and something we, we're trying to lean into. How do we get people to not say church is somewhere in the middle of my priority list so that if this exciting thing happens or this thing, you know, there's always church next week. No, no, coming to church regularly is really important for following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same is true of Christmas. Actually, digging into this Christmas story and understanding it and letting it resonate is really important as a follower of Jesus. So how do we do that? I mean, we're, we're mere days away from Christmas. What does it, what does it look like? Yeah, I, I think it, it, it looks like paying attention to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to be reminded about who Jesus was and is. And so sometimes, you know, around Christmas, um, we spend a lot of time in Luke chapter two, which is where we see the narrative of the Christmas story. Um, Perhaps one of the things we could do is expand a little bit when we start thinking about um, the story of of Christmas, start looking at other places where Jesus is represented, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's anywhere in the Gospels. Um, you know, seeing John 1, you know, reading, uh, you know, on Sunday, I read from this passage where Jesus introduces himself in a little synagogue in his hometown. And he says, here's why I've come. And he talks about this idea of coming for the poor and proclaiming freedom for the prisoners and, you know, sight for the blind and all these things. And I think we need to allow the weight of that to grab our attention. Hmm. And, and I think that we have reduced the Christmas story to this, you know, these, um, nativity scenes that we put on our lawn and we say, hey, Jesus is the reason for the season. Remember baby Jesus. Hmm. And then we pack it all up and head off for the next year. And it's like, wait, no, who was this Jesus? And there's a lot more here that we need to be thinking about around Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, you talked on Sunday about indifference. Um, and and I think this is, this is something that marks us. I, I had a uh, really great and somewhat haunting conversation this last week with with some new friends of ours about uh, the, and they're relatively new to Canada about how they've found everyone in Canada is really nice and almost no one is hospitable. Mm-hmm. They've been here for a year, a year and a half, and no one has invited them over. No one has said, you know, there's lots of people who say, "Welcome, we're glad you're here," but there's no one who's actually willing to be in their lives in any kind of meaningful way. Um, and this is someone inside the church. And it's just heartbreaking to me that there's this indifference that grabs us. And I, and I don't think most of us, most of us would say, oh yeah, indifference is out there. But the truth is, as I was hearing this conversation, it was deeply convicting for me mm-hmm. um, because I can see in my own life that indifference doesn't look like me not caring. Indifference looks like me only caring about the people I already know and who are right. already in my life, my, my family and friends and the people I like to be around. That's often what indifference looks like to me. Yeah. Um, and this call to love all, right? To, yeah broaden our circles. How do we do that? 
How do we, how do we lean into that? How do we like, we're all busy. We've all got lots of things going on. What does it actually look like in this season to love all in more significant ways? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I shared when we started talking about this idea of indifference, I shared the story of the Good Samaritan, uh, which is in our Bibles that reminds us of this, you know, story of a guy on the side of the road who's in a heap and he's in a whole world of hurt. And he's in trouble. Everything is going wrong. He's had a bad day. And and the question is, who is the person who um, not only notices but crosses the street or who actually enters in, you know, gets dirty, um, tries to pick him up, dust him off, um, you know, get 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 in there. Um, and and the story, as the story goes, it's the Samaritan who does that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good things about, you know, our enemies and all these different things that we can talk about in the Good Samaritan story. But I think that the Good Samaritan story also deals with this idea of indifference because you have, it doesn't really matter who those people are, the religious leaders or, you know, it could be any one of us walking down the street. There are lots of people on the other side of the road and the question is, when are we going to actually cross the street and engage? Yeah. Um, how many times have you pulled up at a stoplight and seen someone who's uh, homeless coming down the center median kind of looking for change or looking for, yeah. you know, some kind of a contact? Um, what do you do in those moments? Uh, you know, there's a lot of us who might just, you know, look down, try not to avoid wanna, eye contact, try yeah. to avoid eye contact, um, you know, try and and very few of us think about that person after we drive past that light. We just sort of say, oh, well, there's people like that all over the place. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, maybe it, it just takes some very small steps. I think, I think for us, maybe being intentional is being more responsible with the way that we purchase at Christmas. Um, Think about how products are made. Um, You know, in order for you to get the price you want to pay, sometimes there's exploitation that happens in the manufacturing process. Yeah. Um, I think for some of us, it means listening to the news. Um, I think sometimes we you know we just need to be more knowledgeable when it comes to the global crisis around the world, when mm-hmm. things are happening, yep. um, pay attention to what's happening in these parts of the world, because it's so easy just to turn the TV off when we see mm-hmm. something that we don't like. Um, it's really easy for us to just, you know, not make eye contact when we see something that makes us uncomfortable. Uh, it's easy for us to sort of blend in with the crowd when uh, we see something, some kind of injustice that's happening nearby. Mm-hmm. I think for us as believers, I think we need to flex those muscles of actually crossing the street, becoming more knowledgeable, yeah. being more responsible, thinking about the less fortunate uh, more often. I think mm-hmm. that is is key to, to dealing with indifference. I think it, the thing that fascinates me about the story of the Good Samaritan is... Um, the people who didn't cross the street, mm-hmm. it's not like their values didn't align with the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Like they, they were actually practicing these things or some of these things. What yeah. Jesus is saying is this, this idea of hospitality, this idea of love trumps those. Yeah. Um, it, it is more important than those. And that's such a hard thing to, yeah. to, to grasp because like, People people want to do good things, but is is there a, a better thing? I so we're, in talking about this, um, I'm thinking about the the show that my wife and I have watched uh, called The Good Place, and I don't necessarily recommend this show. It certainly does not present a biblical worldview. Um, it's about the afterlife. It's about heaven and hell. Um, and it's about having to do the right things to get into heaven, basically. Right. Uh, and there's this scene. This is a little bit of a spoiler. If you're watching this, just kind of fast forward for the next minute. <laughs> um, there, there's this scene where the characters figure out 
that it is much harder to get into heaven now than it was 150 years ago or 400 years ago. And there's less and less people getting in because the world has gotten more complicated. Um, there's a scene where the main character talks about buying roses. You know, it used to be buying roses for your wife was, was plus 40 points because you go out and you cut the roses and someone sells them to you and you're supporting their family and it's great. And now when you buy roses, you're somehow supporting child labor, labor right. in China, right? Like everything is more complicated. Everything has a negative side effect. We talk about the environment. We talk about, um, economy it's it's so complicated and it it it's easy for us to just want to be like well then we just need to do this we just right. i can't think about that i found the best price for this thing i can't think about plastic packaging and where the food came from and who made all my clothes and you know what kind of chemicals are in my electronics mm -hmm. um and and you said this line which again i find just haunting Indifference and the marginalized go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Indifference and the marginalized go hand in hand, mm -hmm. right? Like when I don't care about something or when I don't, when I know better, but I think, oh, this is just easy. When I choose convenience, mm -hmm. um, that's actually an act of marginalizing people. Sure. Um, and very real people and, mm -hmm. and, and not, you know, we, we have access to, we know that these things have impacts, but it's actually lives, it's stories. Um, so what do we do? How do we not become overwhelmed by this but you know do we all just need to take a big breath and take a step into that and say i'm going to educate yeah. myself a little more i'm going to try a little harder with what i buy yeah I'm well that's exactly stuff. right that's exactly right i think for sure and 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 that kind of leads into this taking that that one small step is is so key i think it also kind of leads into this the second thing that i talked about on sunday which was about bridging the gap mm. And, and recognizing that the Christmas story is the great leveler. Yeah. Because I think, you know, one of the things I, I sort of said on, on Sunday is that, you know, if when we talk about this idea that Jesus came for the broken heart or for the broken, he came for the, you know, the marginalized, he came for the hurting, he came for the sick. And I, I asked the question, have you ever thought to yourself, well, didn't he also die for me too? If you ask yourself that question, you probably have a bit of an issue loving all because you've put yourself in a position where there's an us and them, hmm. right? We get to this place where it's like, okay, so if he came for the broken, then what about me? It's like, wait a second, there is no you and the broken. It's the broken and yeah. you are it, yeah. right? Um, there is no, you know, as like the good show that you're talking about, there is no good, good people place, and yeah. bad people, a good place. There is there is uh, a lot of people who are in need of a savior, and there's one really good person in the person of Jesus who comes, yeah. and and that's the difference. And I th I think it has it really helps us with what you're talking about is that the more that we can break down these us and them uh, comparisons, mm -hmm. the the more we can enter into this this really amazing picture of loving all. Yeah. Um, because, because all of a sudden you see yourself in a, you see the, the world around you in a different way um, yeah. and the people around you. And I think, um, as you talk about that, you said on Sunday, right? There's not, there's not good guys and bad guys. There's yeah. bad one guys. hero yeah. and bad guys and yeah. all of us. And we've actually been trained. I mean, if you've watched any of the Marvel movies or, or I mean, most stories, um, and most really compelling stories have these heroes, have these, these people who. Um, even they wrestle with their own, you know, problems, but the truth is they triumph and they are yeah. better and they are good. And we associate ourselves with those people. Yeah. And the biblical narrative is not that, right? No. Like we're, we're not operating on our own power, overcoming our own things. And at the end of the day, we will triumph, right? Like yeah. if we're going to triumph, it's because of the good guy, not because of us. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's, 
it's amazing how much these other narratives have kind of infected the way we think. Oh yeah. And, and changed it and, and yeah, created this us and them. And yeah, we can explain away poverty, um, in, in all kinds of different ways. Uh, and, and, you know, there's obviously valid conversations to be had around, uh, you know, the issues of people around the world, but for sure, actually it's funny. I, um, uh, I heard, uh, Francis Chan, um, talked about this idea of, uh, the poor in the world. And he talked about, uh, starving people. And he, he said, he said that someone came to him once and asked the question, you know, why doesn't God just, you know, feed the people who need food? Why doesn't he look after them? And, and he responded by actually making a video and he made a video of him and his family going to a white castle, like a burger place. And they go in, get the burgers, and they have burgers for the whole family, and they all come out and sit at the table, and um, and they, you know, they pray, and then they're about to eat, and then he says, "Wait, wait, wait, hold on a second. You guys know the rules. Daddy eats first. and so he starts going to town on all the food while his family sits around and watches, and he's eating all the burgers and everything and all the stuff. And by the end of the video, he says, "Okay, now you can go." And there's a few fries left that the kids are fighting over, and everybody's mm. kind of grabbing it. And he he makes this comparison to the crisis in the world around um, around food, and he says, you know, like how dare we stand back and say, you know, why doesn't God just feed the hungry while we're stuffing our faces? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, why doesn't God just, you know, um, you know, provide more economic, you know, balance in the world while we exploit people in different places and all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, essentially, obviously, the 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 analogy is just that there's plenty that's there. But we don't think about just the massive amounts of consumption that we do. Yeah. And so and so for me, this idea of indifference or leveling the playing field, you know, loving all the way that Jesus does means thinking about all of that and mm-hmm. recognizing that, you know, my actions have consequences for other people and thinking all through all that. Yeah. And you, you kind of closed with this thought around re-gifting. Um, which, I, you know, if, if you hear that and you think, oh, man, the Eastwoods, they, they must <laughs> yeah. be re-gifting a lot of stuff. I don't think that's the point here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really like this analogy. I like this idea that um, that we're called to give out of the abundance that we've been given, right? And you just right. talked about food in that way, right? This, yeah. it, it's not that we take the small gift that we have and we're like, I guess I can pass it on to someone else. The gift we've been given is so huge and so good yeah. that we have so much excess that we can give and we can point people to this gift and they can receive it too. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is the gospel. Um, and, and we've talked a little bit already about this idea that, that we're all bad guys and there's one good guy. Um, to me, it feels like we're, you know, this is, this is the core of Christmas and it's also pushing us towards Easter. Yeah. Um, what, what, what is this good news? How do we explain it to people who don't yet know? Yeah. Uh, well, if you know people who are like the idea of baby Jesus, but like baby Jesus is a gift. Well, like he makes nice, cute Christmas cards. How is he actually a gift? Yeah. So, so you know, to to try to say this, and you know, I mean, the the sim- well, let me let me put it this way: the Christmas story, as I said, is a moment in time yeah. that doesn't end it with that moment. I would also say the Christmas story doesn't begin on Christmas. It doesn't begin the day that Jesus came into the world. The Christmas story is part of God's larger unfolding plan that began right at the very beginning. The first words that God speaks into um, into existence is, it's it, you know, the Bible, as, as we think about what it says, um, the first words that he says is, let there be light. And so from the very beginning, God has been making a dark world 
light. Hmm. He, he's been bringing order out of chaos right from the very beginning in creation. Yeah. And all the way through the Old Testament, we see these these people who he identifies as his own, who keep failing. He keeps showing forgiveness and love to them. And he shows love to them over and over again through, um, you know, bringing them out of slavery and, and providing them with land and all of these different things. But they keep failing because it's never enough. There, yeah. There's there's always a tendency in our hearts to be to drift away from God rather than towards him. It's our pride and it's our arrogance that think that we can make it, we can figure it out. And so from that moment, he, he shows his incredible love by bringing the light of the world actually into our neighborhood. And that's when Jesus is born into the world. And then from that moment, the story continues to unfold and Jesus teaches and he shows what this new kingdom is going to look like. And then he goes to the cross and Philippians 2 says that that in this moment when he became obedient to death, even death on the cross, at that moment, that's when God rises him up and puts him above every other name and every knee will bow at his, in his presence. There's this incredible picture of, of the power that comes through this sacrifice. So Jesus dies on the cross, rises again, and in that he shows us this is the way life should be. Mm. Life eternal is an option. Yeah. A relationship with God is an option. Mm-hmm. And so this Christmas is is a part of the story. It's a it's a crucial part of the story, but it it actually points to something even greater, which is that God so loved the world that he sent his son um, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's Jesus who dies on the cross that we can celebrate uh, new life. Yeah, and you know if you're if you're hearing that and you think, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm I'm there, um, I've accepted this gift, then I would encourage you to wrestle with how does this reality impact everything that I am and I do. Absolutely. How does it impact the way that I treat those I don't yet know? Um, how does it impact the way I buy gifts? Or, or give thanks for things? How does it impact every corner? This isn't just about eternal life. Right. Um, that life starts now, and this yep. impact of Jesus starts now, and it is all-consuming, yep. and at times overwhelming, uh, yep. but so full of joy and peace and yep. hope and love. Yeah. Uh, and if you are just early on this journey, I would encourage you, keep seeking. Yeah. Um, keep following that star, ask good questions, wrestle with things. God is big enough for your hardest, deepest questions. Uh, and we would love to be part of that journey with you. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to wrap it there, Paul. You yeah. know, it's been such a great series. I want to thank you for all you've done on it. We're going to be taking a break uh, for next week. Uh, yep. Give everyone a little break over Christmas and New Year's. And we will be back in January with more Postscript. Merry Christmas, friends. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.